0: and part of my quest with you is to help you to begin this journey inside through your meditation to wake up and realize who you are, where you came from, and where you're going and beyond that is the next statement of and remember that you never left. You never truly left the heart of God. And all I want you to do is to wake up, wake up, wake up in your own experience and know, and know this to be true. I know it to be true through my own experience. And no matter what anybody tells me, shows me, puts upon me, they cannot take that experience away. They cannot take my knowing away of my truth. And this is my truth. It's not your truth. It's my truth. And your experience of the eternal, of the divine, in your meditation, in your quest to understand, to know, to experience, may be very different, and yet it will be the same, and ultimately will take us all back to the very original point of our creation. And I know that point, for myself, is the ocean of love and mercy. And I know all of us there as these droplets of divine sparks of God, ever caught up in this current of ocean of love and mercy, just moving, moving, moving in the awareness of loving, the eternal love that is ever-present, ever-flowing, ever-manifesting itself throughout all of creation. So, when I share with you, I share not to say, oh, look at me, look what I know, look what I've experienced. I share with you that I might inspire you to sit down and to begin your own journey, to begin your own remembering of who you are, where you came from, and where are you going, and to begin to bring you into a focus of the greater journey of life. As I was looking in my meditation tonight as well, I became aware of my own journey in this lifetime. And as I said earlier, the first part of my journey in this life was in my prayer as a young boy of praying at night, praying in the day, praying on the bus, praying between the houses, just talking with God and listening with God and being with God, however that might be. And then as I got a little older, I became curious because I saw all these friends of mine and their families going off to church. Well, my parents didn't go to church, so that wasn't a part of our routine, which I'm really grateful for that that wasn't a part of our life. But I got curious. So I said, oh, well, I want to find out what they're doing. I mean, they weren't interested in what I was doing, but I was interested in what they were doing. So I decided to join with all these different friends of mine. Not go to the Methodist church with one family and to the Baptist with the other. And I began to see, well, what were they doing? And how were they doing their quest and their journey for God? And as I did, I found it very fascinating, very interesting as to how their quest for God was one day a week, an hour in the week, and it was at this particular building, and somebody was telling them about God and telling them how to live their lives or not, the things not to do. And, and I found it interesting that then they would go off and they would do the rest of the week and then come back and listen about God once again. But oftentimes I would witness that they didn't really live what they were hearing. They didn't practice or experience in the fullness of what that quest of going to that church was all about. And I found that very curious. And I asked several of my friends and asked their parents and got some strange looks and some strange questions and a few statements to my mom <laughs> because of some of the things I was asking. And yet I kept on going to church, trying to find out, well, what were they doing and why did they go there? What what was there that maybe I wasn't getting that I might go there to get? And I remember sitting at this Baptist church one day and the minister was preaching and preaching and preaching and I mean it was just a real push of againstness on on us, or at least it felt like that on me. And I became aware that I was taking on a lot of the stuff that had been told to me over the the times I'd gone to church. and. I began to look at it all and I, I began to look and see, well, how do I apply this to my life? And, and you know, is this supporting me in my quest towards that, that great place of loving that is God? And, and is it going to carry me back into this river of loving that I know now? And is there a connection into that river from these words that were being preached? And I realized that the words that I was getting at the churches not just the Baptist church, but at the churches, were they had a vibrancy to them to a point, but they were like the stagnant pools of water. They had a vibrancy for a moment. There was a current, but then nothing happened. Nothing moved. Nothing could continue. It became stagnant once again. And when I realized that, and I remember leaving this Baptist church and realizing that stagnation and watching people walk away from the church and realizing they were going back into the stagnation. They had come there, and for a moment, there was the current of loving. Even if it was a statement of againstness or don't do this, there was still an element of loving that was coming present for people to join into. And yet, when they left, they left and joined back into the pool of stagnation. And I was just amazed by that. And then I realized that I didn't really want to participate in that stagnation so much. But yet there was something that kept taking me back there. My curiosity was still up. So I kept going back to these different churches and to the synagogue to experience and to find out something of God, of the truth. And it was when I was learning the Lord's Prayer in a Methodist church, we had to memorize it that something woke up inside of me that really began the next level of my journey and that was these words where it says our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name and it was that statement of hallowed be thy name that began me on a great journey a great quest i wanted to know what is the hallowed name of god what is the sacred name what was Jesus talking about? He didn't speak foolishly. And and I could catch this current of loving in that statement, Hallowed be thy name. It connected back into this current of loving. And I wanted that. I wanted to know more about that. Because it seemed to connect into a greater vibrancy of this loving current then I was connecting into through my own process. And so that prayer became a very major focus of my prayer time because it would connect me back into yet a greater rush of loving. And I just wanted to get into the fastest river I could to get back to the ocean. And so this was the next faster river. And that's why I began to focus a great deal on this sacred name of God, hallowed be thy name. And that began more questions with my parents, with my brother, with ministers, with the rabbi, about what is this sacred name, but nobody could tell me. I heard all these different statements about what the hallowed name of God is, but yet it didn't answer what I was longing to know. So for years and years, I searched, I searched, I tried to find out. But back in the 50s, there wasn't a lot of metaphysical books, mystical books, or any teachings other than Christianity really available according to uh, the church teachings at that time, at least that I could find. And it wasn't until many years later, when I was 18 years old, that I met a man who could answer a part of the question. What is this sacred name? What is this hallowed name of God that Jesus was talking about? And this man turned to me and he said, You think deep thoughts, don't you? And I thought, well, I didn't think that was a deep thought. I thought that was just a question trying to answer something that was stirring deep inside of me. And he then said, I know a part of the answer, but I don't know the whole answer. I know that there's a whole answer out there, but I've never really searched for it. But I do know that there's this thing called the sacred name of God. And it's talked about in the Old Testament, and it's talked about in the New Testament. I said, yeah, yeah, I know, I've seen it. And we began to talk about all those references. And he got out his Bible, and he even had some of the places earmarked in the Bible because those were meaningful to him. He said, so I know that in olden times they knew of this sacred name, the unspoken name of God. But there's very few people, I think, that really know about it, if anybody knows about it today. But I met a man years ago, and he shared with me one thing. He said that if you go inside and you begin to call out to God, you will hear God calling back to you if you will be quiet for a moment. And he said, I know that that call that you are going to hear coming back from God is that sacred name. And so I began to think about that and contemplate that and pray on that. And then I realized, oh my God, I've heard that since I was a child. That's why I would pray. I would sit down or I would lay down and I would start to pray and talk to God and then I'd be quiet. And then I would begin to hear God's voice sharing with me, talking with me. Sometimes as a direct experience of God's voice and sometimes it would be as a teacher on an inner level coming to me and sharing with me an insight, a wisdom, such as the three questions. But it was always a frequency in that that would stir me, stir me into a greater quest, a greater longing, a greater wanting for more. And so I knew what he was talking about, and we began talking more about it, and I realized after some time that we had gone as far as he could take me. And for a while he became my spiritual teacher and we would sit and talk about this and many other things whenever we could get together. And then there was one day when I knew as I was going to meet with him that somehow it was done. It was complete. And I needed to begin a new quest, a new search on my own for the next level of whatever it is I was to experience. And yet, I was enjoying having a companion on this road that I had been on alone for so long. And it reminded me of that experience on the glacier of being on this outer surface of the ice of the glacier and looking deep inside and realizing that all those droplets of water that were deep in the glacier had forgotten where they came from, forgotten who they were, and had just sort of, gone quiet in this sheet of ice that they were in, not realizing that there was an existence and a life and a vibrancy beyond where they were. And I realized I did not want to be that. I wanted to be a part of this river of ocean, this river of loving moving back into the ocean of love and mercy. And I realized as I was going towards this meeting with my teacher that I was at that place, where we had come to a place of stagnation. And I realized that over the last few conversations we were repeating ourselves, saying much the same thing over and over, and kind of going in circles around trying to find the answer, trying to find how to move beyond where we were. And there was a part of me that really did not want to leave my friendship and my companionship and my tutelage with him because I enjoyed the companionship. At least I had somebody on the journey with me. I wasn't alone in this quest, but yet I knew that I needed to move on to really continue my journey towards the greater goal. And as I walked into the coffee shop to sit down with him to begin our discussion, I sat down and he looked at me and he said, "Uh uh-oh. And I said, what, what? I remember turning around, looking, thinking that somebody had come in the door and he didn't want to talk to them. I just, I I immediately reacted like something was happening behind me. He said, no, it's about you, sit down. And I went, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, inside, like, oh, what did I do now? What am I not aware of? And he said, so it's done, is it? And I realized that inside of him he was aware of what was stirring inside of me or he was aware of what was stirring inside of him. And I said, what do you mean by done? And he said, that which is between us now is complete. So what are you gonna do next? And I started to cry because I didn't wanna hear that. You know, I had just thought it, but I'm one who takes a long time to make change in my life. I was gonna make this a gradual transition towards my next experience. And he was pushing me on into the river of greater movement. He wasn't going to let me stagnate. And I realized that as I started crying, that he was really pushing me into a greater action so that I would not become stagnant. And as we were sitting there, he said, you know, I am doing this as much for me as I am doing it for you. But I'm really doing it for you. I have become stagnant. I am caught in a place that I am having a hard time leading." And I said, what do you mean? What are you talking about? You're very active. You're always helping people. You're always doing He says, that's the problem. I'm caught in that cycle. I'm people's spiritual teacher. I'm people's psychic. I'm people's counselor, they all look to me, they're dependent upon me, they've given their power away to me and now I'm their source, I'm their solution, I'm their answer to all their questions. And I like it. And I need the money that they're giving to me now to live on because I don't have a way of making a living other than that. So now I'm caught in a cycle. I've trapped myself. And I've allowed people to trap me. And he said, I'm not going to let that happen to you. I'm going to push you out the door. I'm going to push you out of my life. I'm going to push you back into a place of action so that you don't get caught up in the cycle I've gotten caught up in. You're not going to do this to yourself. And you're not going to do this to me. I'm going to at least watch you go and do what I wish I could do but I don't have the courage to because I don't know what's outside that door for me, but I know there's something greater than this outside that door for you. And the waitress came over and said, can I take your order? And he said, wait just a moment. He said, get up and get out, go. And she looked at him and (laughs) she walked away (laughs) and I got up and I walked out. I left. And it was about three months later that he called me and he said, okay, let's get together now and say our goodbyes. He said, I didn't want the emotions to stop us from starting this journey. But now you have begun your quest and you have left me behind now. I'm not a part of your journey. So come, let's say goodbye, let's talk, let's bring this to closure. And I did. And it was a joyous moment. And he said, if you get back to that place that you long for and that I can remember to some extent, but you seem to know so much better, remember me there and see if you can call my name and get me there. (laughs) And I said, I'll do better than that. If I find out the name of God, I'll call the name of God out and have God call you back. And that was my next journey, was my next quest, was to find some place where I would connect with this unspoken name of God. Now what is this unspoken name of God I keep talking about? It is that river of loving. It is the audible live stream from which we all have come from and are moving on and shall return back to that great ocean once again. So when I say that we've never left the heart of God, it seems to be a contradiction. Because here we are in this physical world and a lot of us have kind of forgotten, well, that's right, there is a heart of God. Maybe I am a part of that. I wish I could remember that. And yet I'm saying, no, you've never left the heart of God. And all you're going to do is someday wake up and remember and know that. Well. Let me explain a little bit about how that is. How could it be that you're in this place of separation and forgetfulness, and yet you've never left the heart of God? The Audible live stream, that river of loving that I'm often talking about, is God's loving. And it is in that movement of loving that all creation came into being. And the first action of creation in that movement of loving was the soul, the divine one, that child of God that we are all a part of. And we went out on this great river of loving to have experience in all of God's creation as it came into manifestation, and to experience those manifestations in this movement of river of loving, this audible life stream. So even though we, in a sense, have flowed from the ocean of love and mercy, we are ever a part of this river of loving. And that river of loving and that ocean of love and mercy is one and the same. One and the same. There is no separation. There is no difference. It is all a part of the current of loving, the movement of love. That is God. And so we are all in that river of loving right now as divine soul. We're all moving in this divine river, in experience, through creation, in the heart of God, in the audible life stream, in the river of loving right now. Now, maybe some of us have kind of gone off into little side junks of the river and gotten caught up in a little bit of stagnation and forgetfulness. But we're all in this river of loving together. We're all in the heart of God right now. And we're all moving towards that ocean of love and mercy that we all came from and we're ever flowing back towards once again. And so this audible life stream, this divine river of loving that I'm often talking about, is that which is God moving throughout all of his levels of creation, giving it life, keeping the manifestation alive so that souls can come into these experiences here and gain a greater understanding and knowing of God in manifestation, in creation, in this movement of loving. And that's why we are in this journey, that's why we are in this level of creation right now. Because this is where the river of loving has taken us, so that we as divine, knowing of God, can have a greater understanding of God's creation, and God can know God much better through our own experience. Again, those are all a lot of words. This is all my understanding. This is all my experience. And to some of you, it may make a lot of sense. And for some of you, it may spark an insight, an awareness, a stirring inside. And for others, it's like, what is he talking about? (laughs) I have no idea. And that's just fine. Because somewhere inside, there is a part of you that does know. There is a part of you that is listening. And there is a part of you that is stirring awake in the hearing of those words, in the knowing that you are already a part of God, one with God, on this journey together. And that you never truly left the heart of God, but you just have forgotten who you really are. And what am I doing? I'm here to assist you in remembering. I'm here as one who returned to the ocean of love and mercy and is aware of that ocean of love and mercy and is aware of some of those droplets that went off because they weren't aware of where they were or who they were or who they are and they have gotten lost in their journey. And so just as I remember being taken up by the roots of the tree and enjoying that process of giving nourishment to the tree, there's a part of my soul that is joyful and going out into all these different levels of creation and reminding souls of who they are, of where did they come from and where are they going. and to spark in that soul that is listening the desire to know, the desire to experience. And it is only through your experience that you will know. And I've looked and I've been aware of my own journey, and I know that I've read books, I've attended lectures, I've gone to workshops, been to many retreats, Taken journeys and trips with different spiritual groups throughout the world, trying to find these sacred spots, this place that would awaken me, this place that I lived before. And all the time, as I've done all of this, reading the books, listening to lectures, and traveling these journeys, all the time, I've really known where the quest is leading me, and that's back inside back inside to my own divinity, back inside to the seat of the soul, back inside connecting to the divine loving that I am in God and God is in me, and connecting back into the river of loving and moving on that river of loving back into the ocean of love and mercy. That's what I know. And yet, I still read books, I still listen to lectures, I still go to retreats, I still give lectures, I still do retreats, I still go with people on journeys. And why? Because it's fun now. It's fun. I have the answer inside. And it's fun to go and listen to somebody else share and talk. To hear where they are. To hear about their journey and their quest. And I remember going back to the churches and listening to these different ministers preach and the rabbis talk. And I have to say rabbis talk because to me rabbis never preached. They shared, they talked. It wasn't the same as at churches. And I remember the joy of catching these divine knowings that they would share. That they themselves didn't even really understand what they were saying sometimes. But they would share it and it would stir in me, it would shake in me and bring me awake and alive into some memory, some knowing some reference of, yes, that's it, and it would it would bring me into a greater awakening. And so, even today, I will listen to others, I will read other books, because I still enjoy that stirring that I feel and know from their sharings. There's no one person on this planet that has all the answers. And there's no one person on this planet that can give you the experience of the divine other than yourself. You're the only one that can give yourself the experience. Others can point the way, others can stir the waters, but you've got to be the one to do the work, to do the journey, to have the experience. And that's what this river of love and mercy is all about. That's what the Audible life stream and the unspoken name is all about. It's getting caught up once again in a frequency, and a vibration that will bring you back into the knowing of who you are as divine, of waking up, waking up and knowing through experience the divinity that you are. And this sacred name the hallowed name of God that Jesus talked about, that Moses talked about, that Abraham talked about, that Muhammad talked about, that Kabir talked about, that Guru Nanak talked about, that Hafiz talked about, that all the great mystics and teachers of spirit talked about, is the journey, is the path, is the key to awakening. And so, in this quest to awakening, I now understand, I now know the joy of living in that name, that unspoken name of God that is the power of the name, that builds and builds and builds until it just thrusts you up into the river of love that just pushes you up into it. And that's why sitting down in meditation with your eyes closed and holding to the sacred name of God, holding it inside, sacredly, silently, building the power of the name up, is so vital, so important to the inner experience, to the inner journey, to the inner awakening of the soul, remembering who it is. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I really? I am divine. I am sacred. I am soul. And boy, those words fall flat. Because that's not the truth. That's really not the truth. Those are just words. But if I sit silently for a moment and I say the sacred name inside, then I know the truth. But there's no way for me to put words on the sacred name and share it with you out here. And there's no way I can really put words on what that experience is. To be connected back into the divine. To be in that ocean of love and mercy. And to know it and to live it. But I do know that you are a part of it right now. You're not separated. And what I am here doing now... What Brian and I are doing now, what Interlight Ministries is doing now, is what many teachers in this planet are doing. And that is sharing the name of God with those that truly are longing to know and that are longing and willing to practice a meditation practice that will bring them awake, bring them back into that ocean of love and mercy. By moving into and catching up into that river of loving, and flowing quickly back into the source from which you came. And it's a very quick journey once you get into that ocean, I mean into that river of love and mercy. And it's the power of the name as it builds up in your meditation daily, daily, daily. And that power builds and builds and builds until like a rocket, it just lifts you quickly up and connects you back into that river and off you go. And once you have been in that river of love, you will sit down willingly and meditate again and again and again and longer and longer and longer because now you know who you are. Now you know where the source is. Now you know that you're on the way home back to God from which you came. Now you know. But maybe not at first. Do you know? So at first... You get initiated. You get the sacred name of God. All the time you're trusting. I hope that he's right. I hope he's telling the truth. It sounds pretty good. It makes sense in some way. I'm going to give it a try. I hope I have the experience he keeps talking about, or at least an experience, that I can say, hey, this validates something. But if you will do that, you will begin a great journey and a quick journey back home into the heart of God and into the ocean of love and mercy. And it's a much quicker journey than the journey of evolution that so much of this creation is involved in. Evolution is a long drawn out cycle that is ever moving horizontally but very very slowly upward. And the cycle of evolution will not take us back into the knowing of ourselves as divine because the cycles of evolution aren't a part of that river of love. It is a different river. It is a different action and experience. Our souls came down into this experience of evolution so that God could know and understand through our own creative ability how we express and move in this evolutionary cycle and come into our knowing of ourselves as divine and creative, so that God in us and through us would understand more fully all of God's creation. But God knows in you that divine spark knows that evolution is not the solution of getting back home to the heart. It is that straight and narrow path that lies in the very center of the worlds of polarity and the world of evolution that will carry us quickly back home from which we came. And that name of God has a frequency to it that is the same frequency as that river of love, as that straight and narrow path that takes us quickly back into the heart of God, that wakes us up into the knowing of who we are as divine, living, loving essence of the Lord. And so by saying that name over and over inside and building the power up, it lifts us up, it connects us back into that movement of loving. And we live in that eternal moment that is God. And yes, you're still going to have a physical body. You're still going to wake up in the morning. You're still going to have to go to the bathroom. You're still going to have to brush your teeth. You're still going to have to go to the doctor. You're still going to have to do everything that you normally do with this physical body and you will know you're not this physical body. You will know that you are divine. You will know where you came from. You know where you're going. And you are ever living in that river of loving. And when you find yourself getting caught up in the world of evolution and you begin to feel yourself going downward, and caught up in the world, you're going to go, wait a minute, what am I doing? This hurts. I'm doing separation. Okay, sit down, close my eyes, chant the name of God, connect back into that frequency. Oh, there it is. Okay, now I can go do my life in this physical creation, through this physical body. That's what this journey is about. That's what this quest is about, is waking up and knowing that you are divine. There's one other part of my meditation I want to share, and that was also when I was growing up near our home, one block away, was this huge field, and off at one end was a farmer's house, really a rancher. He owned all that land and much more across uh, the street from his property. And he would allow some of us to go on his property, and I would go up and I would ride a horse or two once in a while, and he was just a very nice man. And one day on his property I found a small cave. And I don't know if you're familiar with, the landscape of Texas, but if you go out in the fields, you'll come across openings, caves, just small ones that take you down into the ground. Some of them will take you further back, and some of them are very shallow in their in their depth. But I found this cave, and I remember standing there and looking at it and wanting to go in, but I was afraid to because it was only light to a certain point, and then it was really, really dark. And I had no idea what was in the darkness. I mean, was there a snake back there? Was there, you know, a bat back there? What was back there? I didn't know. But my mind had all kinds of things back there that kept me from going into it. But after a while, I would go and I would sit at the cave and I would look at it and I would contemplate trying to get back down in there and get back. It would go down in there and, and see what was down there. And I would bring a flashlight, and I'd flash down there to try to see if I could find anything, but I couldn't see anything that that I had to be concerned about. But yet, my mind kept saying, no, there's something down there. It's it's a bat, or it's a snake, or it's a scorpion, or a rat, or something. And so, I wouldn't go down there for the longest time, but I'd sit there, and I'd just look at this cave. And finally, I remember climbing down, because it wasn't a cave open like onto a cliff. I had to climb down into this opening a little bit to go into it. And so I remember stepping down into it, and I remember getting down to the bottom of it. It wasn't real deep, but it was, it was a little bit of a depth. And as I put my, my foot down on the, on the bottom, I thought, oh my God, can I get out? And my, my, my real concern then was, now oh, am I going to be able to get back up? And so rather than focusing into the cave, now my, my concern was getting out. And so I made, you know, I, I, I struggled and I found the, the way to get up and I created these little holes and I had grips and I got my way out. So then I thought, okay, well now I can get down there and I can get out, so I'm okay at that level. So I'd go and I'd go down and I'd sit down and I'd just look and I'd flash the flashlight in the cave and try to see, you know, no, I don't see any bats, I don't hear any snake or anything, I don't think there's anything in there, but I wouldn't go in. I'd sit there, and so I thought, well, I'll say my prayers here. I thought, well, this will be a nice kind of a cozy place. So I'd, I'd close my eyes, and I'd start praying to God and talking to God, and I'd start to listen. And, but all the time, there was this fear inside of me. Open well, your right, you don't know if there's something coming at you. <laughs> and so all of a sudden, my mind had, you know, mad dogs coming at me from <laughs> the cave and just all kinds of stuff. So I found I couldn't sit and pray because my mind would take over out of my fear, and distract me from my prayer. And so, I decided I wouldn't go back to the cave because all I found was fear there. So I didn't go back for a while and I thought, you know, I'm letting fear stop me from something. I want to get past this. And so, I went back down and I stood there and I looked and looked and I couldn't see anything. And so I took a step. I went further into it. And All the time I could, literally, this was the first time I've I've heard of people saying, "Oh, I can hear my heartbeat. (laughs) I can hear it. (laughs) I had a feeling it was echoing back from the cave, but I could hear it really loud. And I decided, you know, I've got to do this. I've just got to do this. I've got to go in. So I I had the flashlight, and I walked, and I walked, and I walked on in, maybe ten steps. It seemed like it was a mile long, getting in there. But I took the steps, I stepped in, I kept flashing around, nothing was in there. It was really quiet and and very kind of cool inside compared to where it was outside. And I stopped and I stood there for a moment. And I realized that I didn't want to go too far in only because I didn't know where I was going to go or where it would lead. So I came back out and I sat down and I felt like I'd really accomplished something. I had... Conquered some of my fear. I had entered into that place of darkness. And then I remembered something. In my prayers, sometimes I would enter a place where there was a cave. But I wasn't looking into the cave, I was looking out of the cave. I was looking out the opening from this cave. And like I was afraid to go into the cave, I was afraid to leave the cave in my prayer. I was afraid to go out of the cave and see where it took me. I was safe in the cave. I liked it in there. It was familiar, it was comfortable, and I didn't want to go out there because I didn't know where it would lead me. But in my inner experience of being in the cave, I did go out. I did journey out of the cave and that's when I began to find myself going out of body and having out-of-body experience and journeying into those outer realms of God. And I realized that I was in a cave in the world, but I also knew this cave inside of me. The cave that exists here at the seat of the soul. It's that cave that is talked about in the story of the Nativity where the Christ was born. And it's the cave where Christ or Jesus, lay in his burial and resurrected himself and came out alive. And so I realized that the cave I was overcoming in the world was very similar to the cave I had overcome here. But where I was afraid to go into the cave in the world, I was afraid to leave the cave up here for a while because I didn't know where I was going to go. I didn't know where it was going to take me. But I realized then this spiritual journey is one of waking up here at this cave where the Christ child in each of us, where we wake up and know that we are soul, that we are divine. And then it's for us to resurrect that child, to resurrect that Christ, and to ascend from this cave and go back home from which that soul came. And so that was my meditation tonight. And I just wanted to share that with you. I don't know if it's going to make any sense to you or not, but I hope that it gave you some insight and maybe stirred something inside of you to begin a quest, if you already aren't on one, of having inner experience, of having that inner awakening, of connecting to that river of love, and returning back to the ocean of love and mercy from which we all came and which we're all connected to right now. We never have left that river of love. We never have left the heart of God. And yet so many people, so many souls have forgotten. So I hope somehow, some way, I stirred something. I brought an awakening. I helped you to remember something inside tonight. And so for that, I thank you all for listening and my sharing. And um, as I bring it to a close, I want to say that uh, for the next five weeks or so, Brian and I are going to be gone. We're leaving uh, this Friday to go to Hawaii. We're going to take our three-week vacation and do some rest and writing and relaxing. And and uh, then we're going to be going to Honolulu for two weeks to do work with the island community there. and. If you want to fly over and join us, you're more than welcome to. And uh, like I said one time not too long ago, if you come over, I'll take you out to a good dinner. (laughs) I know a few good restaurants over there that you'd really enjoy. So we're going to be over there. We're going to be doing uh, an initiates meeting as well as a gathering of the Interlight Ministries community and and sharing with them and doing some initiations and... and, uh, Uh, then we'll be returning back here around August 10th or so. So, somewhere about the second week of August, I haven't looked at the calendar, we'll be back here doing the ILM classes once again. And until then, Bill will be here doing some seminars with tapes and uh, doing meditation, and we just invite you to come and keep this alive inside of you, keep this alive for the uh, ILM community by coming here and participating. And I think you'll find that Whether we're here in person or not, it's really about you and the community and entering into discussion, entering into this action of loving that that can make the difference for each of us. So I thank you all for coming, and and I hope you have a good next five weeks, as I hope we do too. (laughs) And we'll see you all when we get back.